Welcome to the I'm Not a Barista podcast. We're here to talk about all things coffee. From industry careers, brewing tips, community support, and more. With some really incredible people who love coffee as much as you do. We hope their stories inspire you because humanity runs on coffee. And together, we can empower all the people behind every cup. Let's get started. I right. know Singapore is famous for various things, right?、Um, it's a super、okay. clean country, green country, multicultural, and then you also ban chewing gum there, right? Oh, that's <laughs> been almost half a century already. I think <laughs> it's a big stereotype. All right. So we know so much about your country, and it's nice. The food is delicious, and we also know the kopi coffee, right? Traditional coffee there. And today, we want to talk about specialty coffee. So Aslam, tell us about your business and how you started everything. Yeah.、Um, well, so I run a small coffee company、uh, called the Community. Currently, we have three shops, including、uh, a cafe roastery,、um, and we started in 2018. And since the start, we've been roasting our own coffees, but、uh, we've Just been actually renting from、uh, another roastery cafe called Compound Coffee, and after three years, we decided, oh, I think you know we we should you know invest in our own machine, so we just have a little bit of better control、uh, over our our roast.、Um, so yeah, I think、uh, basically we do mostly、uh, single origin coffees. Uh, we don't blend coffees, and、uh, our business model is、uh, mostly targeted at、uh, coffee experiences, sit-in cafe style, rather than like the supply chain. Okay,、yeah. thank you, thank you for the introduction. So, let's talk to another guest today, Sarah. Sarah, she's a coffee blogger, travels around visiting different coffee shops. So, Sarah, tell us about yourself. How you started your coffee blogger career, and what do you do right now? Hi,、uh, I started my coffee journey、um, in probably twenty seventeen. So till now is about twenty twenty two. So it's it has been about five years since、uh, I started going much into、uh, coffee culture. Yeah, and especially coffee in general. So last time before I did this. I was、uh, actually drinking、um, the Singapore coffee, okay, which is、uh, kopi, kopi C or kopi whatever. Yeah. So for my day to day job, I'm actually an educator. Yeah.、Uh, teaching young kids. Ah,、uh, okay, maybe not young, <laughs> but teenagers, adolescents who are adolescents, about twelve、yeah. uh, to seventeen. Yeah. So that is my day job, and、uh, I also bring maybe my interest to work. So I I have all the like necessary pour over coffee equipment at work. Yeah, so that's how I you know、um, enjoy my ca- coffee at work. Thank you. So today we're recording this podcast in your、uh, Aslam's roastery, right? Basement. Nice. I can see、yeah. the roasting machine. Gisen, how 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 many kilos that one? Yeah. Gisen,、uh, this is just a. W six, so、um, it's intentional. I mean, when we first decided to, you know, roast coffees, we decided that we did not want to do wholesale.、Uh, we wanted to use the roastery 
mostly for ourselves. And uh, that meant, you know, you had to be content with uh, the scale that you could possibly grow to. And on top of that, we also wanted to uh, allow small businesses like us to uh, start their roasting journey. So that's why we only decided to get uh, a W6. Max earlier introduced me. You guys are very two important people in Singapore, in especially the coffee community. One is a famous <laughs> roaster, has this community coffee, also has this coffee hop, right? So you are leasing your coffee machines so other people can go there and practice and roast their coffee. And then we'll have a famous coffee blocker there. So yeah. you are here today together. How, how did you guys meet each other? Mm, I think, yeah, I think I met Sarah in 2018 um, when community was still in its infancy. And uh, our first shop was actually in a kind of like a vintage mall in Orchard Road called Faris Plaza. So, you know, nobody goes to Faris Plaza anymore, to be honest. So it was kind of like, a, even for myself, it was quite a strange uh, location to open a, you know, indie uh, coffee bar. And I think a couple of weeks or maybe a month-ish, and that's how I met uh, Sarah, who goes around to different coffee shops mm. and uh, judges us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't do judge. Judging. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yes, I knew Aslam uh, probably when they first opened yeah. five years ago um, in that vintage coffee shop. <laughs> it, it was so cool because uh, one of my friends actually told me that there is this new coffee shop opening in uh, Faiz Plaza and I have to go and try it. And then uh, she told me that, oh, you will be able to recognize that coffee shop because it is, um, you know, the sideboard is neon pink. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why uh, I managed to, you know, find it. And then uh, I enjoyed the coffee. Uh, I, I can't remember what was the first coffee I had. Ooh, yeah. uh, it was tough, but <laughs> I guess uh, it, it was pro probably either a Colombian or Wash Ethiopian. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. because... Um, at that juncture, I was very into drinking Colombian coffees. So uh, that actually will be some my, my go-to kind of coffee uh, in the past. Just that now, um, with the evolution of their business, I also evolved to drinking more and more <laughs> different types of coffee. So that's how I got to know Aslam. And when I was there, he was very friendly. He introduced me to the different coffee types that he has. I think there were three or two, two or two to three different uh coffees that he was serving. Uh, that interaction started from there, and then I was back again and again and again for I think for the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weekly affair. Yeah. Mm. That's amazing. Um, you, you say Absalom was uh, very friendly that day, right? When you enter a coffee shop. Uh, I remember yesterday. <laughs> day. Every day. Every day. Every single day. <laughs> All those days. <laughs> yesterday, I visited three coffee shops, yeah. like local ones. They 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 claim themselves as especially coffee. They have very good coffee beans roasted by famous uh, world champions in Russia. But then the barista didn't care that, you know, I walk in or whatever. I say, hey, do you have pearl work? Mm, no. What do you have? I oh, have this and this. And so what beans do you have? So we'll have, we'll have this. That's it. And then there, the conversation stopped completely. <laughs> uh, how about Aslam's, you know, like a uh, regular style when you go to a coffee shop, go to his place? 
what is normally mood like? How how do you start with your conversation with, um, the, with the customers? Yeah, I I think over the years, um, I think I've been lucky to see to be part of the industry as it evolved. And back in the day, right, it it was people did not have many options with regards to like what coffees to have. Uh, you know, whether it's origin or varietal or process, whatever. So. A lot of the time, uh, when we speak to customers, it usually starts off by actually just a simple "Hi, how are you? How's your day? Are you having a good day?" And then you kind of have a good kind of feel about the mood they're in, or whether they're even open to you know having a chat with you. And that's usually how I start. And then I'll introduce them to our menu and kind of like you know. Find them something that, uh, find out whether they are in a mood to, uh, just have something comforting or something that they're used to, or are they some in a mood for something like something different, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, so, uh, that's pretty much, uh, I I I find all this to be successful in um kind of like guiding someone to find out what they want to drink. So, question to Sarah: Does Aslam's this way works? If a customer, are you happy? It does. It does, especially for um, yeah, especially for new customers. So uh, I have introduced their uh, coffee shop to some of my friends, uh, and then they said that oh yeah, the the way they introduce the coffee is very accessible, very easy to understand. So when they drink it, they they get that sensing. All right, although although uh, in terms of uh, tasting notes, the more specific kinds. Okay. Uh, they they probably can't taste it yet, but uh, at least they managed to get the very generalized terms like comforting, maybe um, juicy. juicy, you know, yeah. very simple kind of um lingo. Okay. Uh, maybe not even lingo, but but simple vocab to describe the coffees. It has been successful. So um, I guess um, that's why more and more people came to support them in the end. That is a good thing. And I know that the, the the especially coffee community or the market is growing very fast there. Let's say Sarah, if you remember the first cup you, coffee you get from Aslam, that was Colombia, right? Colombian coffee. You still remember that coffee? Should be. <laughs> Should be actually actually quite true. It could be yeah. Mm-hmm. How's the roasting style changed? Oh, roasting is always a work in progress. You know, I think for a lot of roasters. Uh, and you know, speaking from experience, we it will take at least a year to kind of like find your voice, find your style, and balance that with what you probably think what the market actually wants. So right now, um, and this has been again a work in progress for the last three years. Um, we. We've kind of like found a sweet spot for ourselves, and as well as the market that we want to serve, we don't do, uh, or rather, we don't differentiate between an espresso roast or a filter roast. So our roasts are what is maybe commonly or popularly popularly known as uh, omni roast. So you can brew brew them in in any way that you feel fit, um, and that's how we. Showcase them at our shops. You mentioned the word omi roast, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of roasting style that fits all pour methods. Um, we roast to 
have what we feel the best tasting cup on the cupping table. And from there, you use that to, I would say, adjust the parameters and the variables of the brewing method that you're choosing to use. Okay. So Sarah, do you like this Omi roast yeah. style? How you handle that? Do you find this easy to use, this kind of coffee beans? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, once, uh, maybe like two years ago, I actually tried to use the coffee on espresso. So it was quite um, unique. Okay, if, if I managed to achieve their style, okay, uh, because for them, they, they usually pull a longer shot. So that for that longer shot, right, it means that you you get the tasting notes are close a bit more, a bit closer to the tasting notes than a usual espresso espresso shot that you would have in maybe some other coffee shops. Yeah, so that that's 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 our take la, or rather my take on on their coffee. Uh, but for me, I'm more of a filter or pour over brewer. Okay, so um, it still works. Okay. In fact, it works even better uh, because uh, for me, I already know how to do it. And then they even taught me how to, you know, uh, brew their coffees, the, the style that they use, the number of pours, okay, for the different coffees. So that's why um, I am quite used to their coffee style. Yeah, I, I, I would say that um, some baristas out there or some other um, coffee connoisseurs out, out there right, might not agree with this method. But um, probably it's just how open or um, uh, open-minded they are to receive this uh, different approaches, different approaches uh, to yeah. uh, to drinking coffee or brewing coffee in general. Cool. So Aslam, how do your regular customer respond to this? <laughs> Good man. Uh, it's it's quite interesting because <laughs> it's quite interesting because um, I think for us we serve very quite a quite a large range of demographic. Like, for example, in our uh, coffee shop in Faiz Plaza, it's a lot more it's a lot more office people. So they do expect a coffee that's, you know, tastes like coffee. So I think that introduction is very important to set the expectations, right? By telling them that, oh, our coffees are roasted a little bit lighter and you're going to taste it this way. It's not like a bitter robust, intense kind of coffee. So I think as long as you set the expectations and it actually meets or even exceeds your expectations, I think it can only be positive from that point of uh, onwards. So uh, whereas at, at the roastery, the, the, the coffee bar at the roastery, uh, people are, it seems like they know that they're coming in or for an experience. So they are a bit more open-minded. And that has, again, you know, worked uh, to our benefit. So to have a good business, you don't, you have to be a good roaster, right? You also have to be a good marketer. As you say there, <laughs> you have to tell what they expect. <laughs> That's a good strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, based on your experience, you know, since the first day you start roasting coffee until today, what has changed? And uh, yeah, tell us about all this year's experience, what have you seen? Let's keep it short. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's condense like five years. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I, I can remember one very specific year that was probably in like 2013 when uh, Matt Perger of Australia, 
he went on the World Barista competition and he used the EK43 Marconic Grinder on stage. And that was like a wow moment, right? And ever since then, uh, I think uh, the concept of espresso uh, as well as what roasting can do or what you can achieve with lighter roast has, has changed. So for us, um, it is always about trying to achieve a balance in a cup of coffee. So the, the coffee should not be too acidic. It should have a good amount of sweetness as well as body and mouthfeel. And that has, like I said, you know, been a work in progress over the last few years, just trying to get better at roasting to achieve that kind of coffees that we want. Short You're enough, I think, a... hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's very condensed. Uh, you're a business owner, <laughs> entrepreneur, roaster. And then back to the original, your own personal stories. Since you started your business, what has been the most challenging thing you have faced as a business owner, let's say? Uh, I think that the most challenging thing has been... Whew. Okay, I think the most challenging thing has been sticking to what we believe in and what we enjoy drinking and sharing and waiting for the market to catch up, <laughs> if I could say so. <laughs> so Sarah, you, you think yeah. you're catching up or are your friends, coffee friends are catching up this uh, <laughs> Oh, she's there already. <laughs> yeah. my, 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 my friends are catching up with me. Yeah, yeah really. Because they, they said that... Um, the coffees that they drink at community uh, is very, how I say, like very unique and very different from what they have drank before. So they are still trying to process the situation. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for them also, because uh, many of them love the, uh, the the darker rose kind, like the medium, medium rose kind of espressos. They don't really like coffees that are, Acidic, sweet. Uh, I, I, I don't really know why because actually to me, right, if it's a bit more acidic, balanced out with that sweetness, right, I would feel that that coffee will be a bit more interesting for me because I wouldn't want to always drink my espresso in a very, very like chocolatey, nutty kind of feel. Yeah, so that that's the really like Melbourne style, which uh, I always like to call it Melbourne style because when you go to Melbourne, you drink the coffees, um, in general, they serve this type of uh, blends that are stronger and more um, chocolate nutty flavors. Yeah, compared to the, the 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 sweet acidic kind. Yeah, so that's why um for them they are still trying to uh, grapple with this idea, and they are they are they are the same as us. We we are all millennials, <laughs> so we we would like to explore a bit more. If let's say we want to drink coffees. Yeah, so for me, I, I, I usually would choose uh, pour-over coffees over uh, espresso because I feel that, um, well, if you want to drink coffee, might as well go for the more caffeinated drink, right? Yeah, so that's that, that's my take on, on this entire situation. I'm pretty sure uh, Aslan's coffee tastes good. And if I want to go there, I will visit your coffee shop for sure. <laughs> and to other audience today, if they visit Singapore... Yes, Sarah, based on your experience, let's talk about other good coffee shops doing great job in this new wave of specialty coffee. What other brands can you mention here? 
Um, I would say that one of the coffee shops that I really enjoyed the most in terms of customer relations would be Apartment Coffee. And then uh, there's another coffee shop that's up and coming. Uh, rather, uh, maybe they, they have opened for quite a while already, three months, three to four months. Uh, they are owned by two women. Uh, Epsil Coffee is pretty good. Really uh, nice service and then they, they will talk to you and find out more of uh, about whether you like the coffee or not. This kind of customer service is is pretty good. Lah. Yeah. And of course, a, a few other small shops, okay, like uh, Shake Coffee, uh, Pinhole. These are really coffee shops that uh, brings the experience to a different level with, with, with their style of uh, serving and maybe even the coffees that they take in. We are doing a good job. It's just that most of the coffee shops are centered uh, in the central region. It's not really uh, accessible if let's say you are going, like you are, you are coming from uh, some other areas like the north, the south, and the west. So you really have to travel for that coffee if you are from those areas. Business owner Aslam knows how important it is to have a good location. You don't want to co- open your coffee shop somewhere in the, without not so many people. All right, so let's talk about your local coffee community. Um, Sarah, if you're, looking for, if you're looking for a new coffee shop, or what are you looking for in a new coffee shop? So for me, in a new coffee shop, I will look at a few things, maybe uh, in terms of the espresso, uh, and the, their filtered, uh, whether they have any filter options. or um, and, and, and the other thing that, maybe the second thing that I look out for will be their service. Uh, how how is it? Did did they uh greet me uh when I come in or uh do they like introduce me to their different types of coffee that they serve? Yeah, so these are some of the things that I will look out for. But um, of course, there are some shops that will not do such a thing because uh, they are either very packed or um, uh, they just don't do this very well. Yeah, or that's not their coffee culture or that's not their culture like, when they they start this business. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't fault them because uh, it depends on the style of the cafe. But generally, most of the coffee shops are very open. They, they, they will talk to you, they will share with you, especially if they are roasters or they, they bring in expensive coffees from overseas. So Aslan, how expensive are your coffee? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Thank you. Very expensive. Uh, no, I think we no no no. I think we 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 price our coffees uh very fairly in my opinion. Uh, so it, it it should not cost more than a plate of chicken rice. <laughs> that's that's like the standard in Singapore. Uh, so that's how you measure it. Yeah, you know, so it's like the value. <laughs> yeah, and and <laughs> both our our shops, you know, we are uh like really right beside uh very famous like uh chicken rice shops. So it's always like a a standard of measure over there. Uh, but no, of course, I think uh, we also have like, you know, uh, intentionally certain coffees that are a bit more expensive, you know, and then it makes customers ask, oh, why is this more expensive? So it gives us the opportunity to uh, explain to them, you know, that not all coffees are equal. And if we, if we, you know, take the time. So we just hear another marketing strategy here. No, nah, I don't think it's a sort of like a marketing strategy. I think you have to charge it more because it's just expensive coffees, <laughs> you know. Um, 
So <laughs> we have to make back the money, right? <laughs> I think right now in Singapore, um, the average price for like a flat white or cappuccino, it's like $5 sing. So that's like maybe three fifty dollars uh, USD thereabouts for like a single shot, five ounce cappuccino. Yeah. Um, and then pour overs are like maybe... That's the price for a chicken rice? Yeah, $5, yeah. For a plate of chicken rice, yeah. Yeah, for pour overs, maybe, you know, anywhere from like $7 uh, SGD. So that's like maybe five 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 fifty USD for a hand brew. That's, that's expensive. So is it, I think we are, we are slightly okay. Two chicken rice? You know what I mean? The pour over price. Yeah, uh, I guess. But uh, pour overs, yeah. Pour overs are typically a bit more expensive, mm-hmm. yeah, because... I think uh, people can see that um, a bit more attention in the sense uh, how the entire beverage is being prepped and you obviously are limited by the number of pour overs you can do uh, in you know a single hour. So usually as pour overs are a little bit more expensive over here. Badge brews are not, are not popular at all in Singapore for some reason. So Aslan, do you train yourself or you have a special barista trainer? What is your daily life? Uh, you mean like? my, my my daily life? <laughs> um, if if I'm not if I'm not rostered no on life, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This this is my second week on a seven seven day work week. Um, you know that's business, right? If I'm not rostered on, usually I'll stop by either of the uh, three shops. Um, check in with the barista, taste some coffees. Um, so we we have a few things. Uh, and in our team, uh, each team member actually has a secondary role. So um, my role is to kind of like set uh, the work for the quarter or for the month or for the week to make sure that um, everybody is able to, you know, complete what they need to do. And um, just, uh, yeah, taste coffees, clean the roastery. I've been cleaning the roastery a lot. So <laughs> that's been it. Sarah. What makes a good barista, do you think? You probably meet Aslam, some oh, new barista, right? I, and you know who's good, who's better, who's <laughs> not that good. <laughs> How, In your opinion, what is um, a good barista? Usually a good barista is someone who knows his uh, coffee knowledge. He, he, he has all the, uh, maybe he doesn't have all the knowledge in coffee, but he at least have a decent basic knowledge of the different coffees that are being served or maybe in the shop in general. So they, they always, uh, another thing is they can recommend uh, different coffees to different people uh, depending on the mood for the day. I think you don't really need the skill to be good. You just need to uh, be able to convince people, okay, through your daily actions that you are a confident brewer and people will trust that that brew is good. If you're always showing that you're very unclear about what you're doing, <laughs> especially in front of the customers, yeah. I tell you, uh, the customers will yeah. know that that may not be a good cup. Yeah, they, they, they do know just based on this sensing. So that's why <laughs> it is um, it is important uh, as to how uh, baristas portray themselves, yeah. especially when coffee shop in Singapore, uh, they usually like to have an open concept where, where the interaction between the uh barista and the probably the customers are very close by yeah so that's my take on it i i, I don't know whether am i being too <laughs> nitpicking but uh 
I guess that is just what I am looking out for lah. As a uh, after being in the scene or uh, uh, interacting with different baristas for probably the last five years. Interesting. A barista, a good barista, need to be need to be confident. And uh, okay, Aslan, how yeah. do you make sure your yeah. barista are confident when they work? Is there any special training for that? <laughs> oh, you have to pick the right person <laughs> to to work there. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's important to pick the right people to work. Like, I mean, for okay, in our in our team, uh, we don't have like a just uh, we don't segregate between like service staff or you know whatever. Everybody's a barista. Everybody can make coffee. Everybody goes through the training, but. You know, as Sarah pointed out, there are some people who are a bit more confident, and we we usually uh, let the senior staff and the senior baristas actually to to be the one uh, engaging the customers or even just doing the cashiering, and let the newer baristas or the younger baristas actually be the one making the coffee because they are the one who needs more practice. So, but of course, you know, um, every cup that goes out is ensured that okay this is good enough uh this tastes a little bit off so the senior barista will always be the one kind of like doing the qc before each cup goes out i mean my senior baristas are usually very buzzy <laughs> because they drink a lot of coffee but yeah i mean that's just the way we do it over here <laughs> thanks for sharing um let's talk about baristas and how many do you have so far in your team um, currently, including myself, there are five uh, full-timers and then we have uh, a small group of part-timers who do two to three shifts a week, uh, some even more. So, And I always uh, remind part-timers that, you know, I know sometimes, you know, you have uh, other commitments, but in coffee... The, the more you do, the better you'll get at it. So if you want to be good at making coffee, then you have to put in more shifts. So, but yeah, like in total across three shops, we have maybe a team of like nine to 10 baristas. It's quite a small team. How old are your baristas? They're university students that age, a little bit younger. Uh, yeah, all, all are mostly in the, uh, tertiary age. So anywhere from like 21 to about 25 for the part-timers, most of them. Okay. So how long a barista do stay as a barista in the field? Like how many years they, they want to work as a barista? I mean, so that career, many barista, they somehow update themselves to become a roaster or become a coffee shop owner, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, well, I've been a barista since two thousand and five. Too long, <laughs> still a barista. <laughs> I think usually the cycle, you know, at a particular shop, you know, the lifespan is maybe a year and a half to two years before they start to feel a little fidgety, a little bit restless, and wondering what else lies behind you know just making coffee and service so for me the people that uh, i work with for our full-timers um, we usually agree on a secondary role that they can excel in so for example i have a, a barista who's also the graphic designer uh, she does all the visual merchandising she does all the top wraps uh, the tasting cards anything you see that's digital and uh, as well as printed, it's all done by her. And then we have a barista roaster, 
We have a barista trainer, a barista baker. So all of um, the, the, the team members that work with me, I ensure that everybody has something that uh, they are also interested in and they can you know, have some autonomy and try to work on and improve on themselves. That's a lot of opportunities for younger yeah. baristas. So they can quickly kick off their yeah. career. And maybe one day I can interview one of your baristas just to testify yeah. everything you're saying is real. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> it's, it's true, right? <laughs> yeah. Sarah's like, no, no, no please don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I am not a barista. <laughs> um, we can give one or two Ooh. bags of coffee from you. Um, to some local local coffee lovers like Osiris Definitely. friends from Singapore. Yeah, we'd love to. I think it would be good something people can try your coffee. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, anything sure. else you want to add today? Thank you. No, I think on a on a slightly, you know, uh, more serious note, I think, you know, things uh, are changing or evolving in the world. And uh, I think you, you're a bit more closer to the unfortunate action than we are. But I think, um, yeah, I think coffee keeps keep people grounded. Um, and that, like you said that, uh, earlier at the start, you know, at least it's something for you to uh, look forward to and just drinking good coffee. And uh, hopefully that everyone, uh, you know, stay safe amidst everything. Thank you. Means a lot. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Max. Thank you, Sarah. Thank Thanks, you, Mickey. Mickey. Have a good thank one. You. Stay safe. Have a great day. Stay safe. Thanks for tuning in to this I'm Not a Barista episode. Subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at I Am Not a Barista for more empowering vibes and true coffee stories that connect you with coffee lovers around the world. You're a part of our global community where we celebrate baristas and their craft and everything that we do.